to In the Ring with Termite and Mr. S, and we have got another great show, interview, whatever you want to call it, talk for you today. We got my my great friend, yes. Bill Nash. Yes. And Bill Nash, we're going to tell you a little bit about him. I just know he's a big-time celebrity, and I know he's a big-time writer and singer-songwriter. So, Bill, man, start it off and tell us about Bill Nash. I'm so impressed with that inter- introduction. <laughs> I, I can't wait to hear what I'm going to say. <laughs> no, uh, you know what? Term- I got to say this before we start talking about it. I've only known Termite now for what a year, two mm-hmm. years at the most, something like that. And he has been such a blessing to our ministry. Our ministry is Champions Kids Camp. You can see it on my shirt. It's a camp for survivor children who have survived an accident, an illness like cancer, or personal loss. And we've been going 22 years. This will be our 22nd year this year. And we rent places like Carolina Creek Christian Camp. And we bring children that have been, they're, they're survivors of an accident or an illness like cancer mm-hmm. or a personal loss. And it's just been an incredible ministry. And there's so many stories to tell. It's all in my book. Let me pitch my book to you. Yeah, of course, do it. If you'd like pitch to anything you want. You got the floor. Uh, I appreciate that. Uh, my, my book came out last year, and uh, uh, Governor Huckabee flew us to Nashville to introduce it to the world, and, and we did. And so we, um, we've been enjoying the, the way that's going. It's not setting the woods on fire, but it sure is helping with a lot of people that, that buy the book and they see the stories in the back of the book about kids camp. Because my focus has, in my life, I know we want to talk about the music, guys. And, so and give a, tell us the name of the book. We'll, we'll flash that in a segment as we're talking here. Uh, okay, tell my us the son. Name. My son came up with the name, this name, and I, I don't know where he, you know, it's like Saint Sinner Singer. And I said, well, what's, what's up with that? And he said, well, when you were a teenager, you were a gospel singing guy. And my family was, the Nash Family Trio. We were on Columbia Records, and we got discovered in New York City when I was 13 years old by Gene Rayburn, the host of the match game. So, uh, yeah, I mean, God is God, y'all. I mean, we walk in, we get, they ask us to sing. They didn't even know we were singers. It's like, okay. And my mama played piano. My brother sang bass. Uh, Johnny Cat, <laughs> mama sang bass. No, mama didn't sing bass. <laughs> Daddy sang bass. So uh, we ended up uh, on that record label, and we made our first record, and that's how we went to Nashville in that next year. And Johnny Cash's producer, Don Law, produced our second album. And that's we got to open for all those great stars, and I wasn't even really all, sure all who those they great all were. Stars. Tell us who they are. Well, we wanna, I, I should have brought a record, everybody. Man. You know, Columbia put a record out with with twelve stars, and I'm, I'll try to. There was Ray Price, Marty Robbins, Johnny Cash, uh, the Chuck Wagon Gang. I don't know if anybody remembers the Chuck oh, Wagon Gang or not. But you know, <laughs> you remember the song "Coming"? Listen to a story about a man named Jed, a poor man. Well, that's Flat and Scruggs. They were on the album. And there's there's more stars. Carl Smith, the guy that emceed the album. It's it's uh, it's an album with twelve. I keep doing this. <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing, but uh, the Nash Family Trio was on that album. It's just the way God put us together. And so I was honored at the Grand Ole Opry House, the Ryman Auditorium downtown Nashville, to be able to walk out on stage and 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 uh, be the first opening act. To, before Johnny Cash. So you've got some great stories. I mean, I, we're going to have a hard time condensing yeah. some of these things. Well, they're all in my book. Yes. So, so this is in the book, Sinner, yes. Saint, Singer. Saint. I started Saint. that. So I was, the whole point of the whole story was. I, he, I thought he, I put it in chronological uh, Mr. order. <laughs> Mr. S, he's been hit too much. Yeah, you know, <laughs> you know what? I haven't had enough hits. I, so what is the order that we're going? Well, in? it's Saint because I was a gospel singer first. Okay. My son had it. And then I, when I came to University of Houston to go to college, 
Uh, I learned to drink beer. You become a You student. learn. Mama Doty, please forgive me. But, uh, yeah, well, I, you know. I, first you're a sinner. I mean, first you're a saint. saint then, then you a became sinner. a sinner. But, uh, but I, then in you're order a saint. to survive, I was working my way through college, and the only way, only gift I had was my voice. And I had to work the clubs. And I got a, my first job was at Pops Poolside Motor Hotel Club out on South Main. <laughs> It's all a big city now, but by then it was just a, a motel with several rooms to rent and then a bar. And it had a piano, but I didn't play piano, so I just had my guitar, and I would sing all the country things I had learned. And, uh, I, you know, it's interesting. It's all in this book of mine that this piano bar would load up with people, and I'd be singing. Man, they like me. Oh, I'm singing, you know, I got the honk. No, I didn't say I wrote that one. Let's see. I'm thinking of Hank Williams. She's alone. Oh, long gone I'm lonesome and blue. Well, they love the yodel thing, man. And they're clapping, and then I take a break, you know, 15-minute break. Well, the whole place disappears. They all <laughs> left. And I was sitting up at the bar, and this old boy, this old guy, he, he hired me for $10 a night. $10 a night. For one night a week <laughs> for four hours of music. Wow. It's the way a guy starts if he wants to you start. start somewhere. Yeah, you got to start somewhere. But I was so down, it's like, I thought I did good, and they were all gone. And I said, well, I dragged myself back up behind the piano, and I picked up my guitar and started singing. Well, here came that couple that was sitting on the right, and they came back, and they were sitting there again. Well, here comes this other couple. By about 10 or 15 minutes into the set, they're all back. Where did they go? And somebody finally told me what Pop's Poolside Motor Hotel Club was. <laughs> Am I getting through they rented the room by the hour. <laughs> well, anyway, it's the truth. It's just life, and it happens. Then I, but I was just coming from my dad's church and singing gospel music, <laughs> and I didn't know what was going on, man. So anyway, that's one of my stories. So, so Bill, I want to know how you got started. I, I think that your um, your whole life has been pretty awesome. But how did you get started into? into singing, playing the guitar, yeah. and then give us kind of the step-by-step -step to when you, you, some of the songs that you've yeah, written. Yeah, blessed with. Uh, you know, I was in my office at home, uh, my wife just finally organized it all, and it's got a chronological order of how you start here, and then you got this, that, and you come back around, and you got, I got my college diploma up on the wall. I said I'd never use it, but I, I've learned to speak pretty good English. <laughs> so... Pretty I have good. used it in all my uh, endeavors, but I thank God every morning for bringing me mm. up. Five years old, my dad was a pastor, but he'd lost his church. We're in San Benito, Texas. From the edge of a cotton field in a shack, my family was living in a shack. I don't know how my mama did it. There was four kids of us, and my, my baby sisters were preschool, and I was in the second grade. And uh, we had an outhouse. That's all we had. We didn't have electric lights. We didn't have heat or air conditioning. We had a butane thing out there that the, the guy that owned that land farmed it for cotton. And he had a well dug there that he irrigated the crops with. And my daddy rigged up a hose from the well over toward the, the shack and up high enough where we could get under it and turn it on. Turn, somehow pump the water and get under it and get wet and then slather up and then go pump some more water in and rinse ourselves. That's how we took a shower. And I thought to myself, from that beginning, only God, with the gift that he gave me of singing, 
could have taken me from there to the Grand Ole Opry, yeah. to New York City, to NBC Television, to uh, to Los Angeles, uh, where, where I was co-host of the Steve Allen Show. And Steve Allen uh, was the precursor to the Tonight Show. Mm-hmm. It's still, you know, you, you see Saturday Night Live. Right. And those are, they're all videoed right there in that same building in New York City in Manhattan. That same building, my, my, my mom and my brother and I went there when we when I was 13 to sing for the Grandmother's Convention. This is how we got our start. So if you're talking to people about wanting to get started in music, you start you start where you are. Start where you're at. You know, yeah. like when you start. I think that's everything, music or whatever, to start right. where you're at. Start where you are and don't expect to be there tomorrow. It's going to be, it's going to take a lot of work. I don't know how much training did you do before a fight? A whole right. bunch, whole bunch. I mean, running the roads and working out and doing the bag and all these things. Hours and hours every day. Yeah. You know, th- there's a cost you pay for being the best. There's a price you pay. A price. And uh, and a price you pay for not. But anyway, getting started, that was my point. My mama rehearsed us by faith when we didn't have any gigs. And so when we got to where she felt like we could sing good enough, then she would call the local Kiwanis Club. The local, mm-hmm. the, I don't know if uh, a lot of the millennials don't really are not joining these clubs, these civic Lions clubs. Lions and all the club. different. We've done rotary. things for all of them. The yeah. Rotary. Uh, in fact, they caught, they flew us in from Nashville to sing at the Rotary for President uh, George Bush 41 was the speaker that night. And U of H brought the choir and their orchestra and asked me to sing. I'm an alum. So it was quite a thrill for me to be able to sing with all of them. But it started with my mama having a dream. The Bible says a man with no dream will perish. And I think it's because they lose hope. A dream will bring hope. And even in a dream, you're going to have successes and you're going to have failures. And you build on those successes, even on the failures. You learn what not to do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, well, that song, they didn't like that much. Well, the thing is, you can have a crowd that likes it and a crowd that don't like it. But You can't you gotta, please them all. You can't win them all. You just got to do the best you can. Yeah. We, we started back to how we started. You go sing for everybody that'll have you. I mean, I, I we I've sung in bars, I've sung, but we sang gospel music in these in bar. bars. Yeah. And my aunt had built a bar down the road from my dad's church in Far, Texas. And uh, when I started singing in the bars, this is one of the main stories in my in my book. After being the Nash Family Trio and being on it network TV and and doing the Eddie Arnold TV show and doing this and that and all. Then my brother gets drafted and um, I come back. I've got to look at things. Uh, I got to go back to high school. I need to finish high school. And then I'm going to college. I, I know I, I knew I needed to get out of where I was because I was so far from where there were music outlets and I needed to work to make money because my dad pastored a very small church in far Texas. And they, I asked the church, you know, why don't, would y'all help me with college? And I'll come home between semesters, and I'll come home whenever you need me really bad on the weekends. It's 350 miles from Far Texas to Houston. And there, there was hardly anything between Houston and Far compared to what there is now, uh, gas station-wise and all those other things. But they said no. You know, they, yeah, so whatever. Okay, that's fine. I have to work my way through. I only knew music. Well, to come from there, and I'm at this time I'm 19 years old, and I'm... Uh, my, I'm just thinking about it and praying about it. My aunt who built this bar and it's a beautiful bar. Her husband was wealthy and left her a lot of money. And she built this like the cheers bar that you see mm-hmm. on TV. That's classic what style. Yeah. 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 And it was really pretty. And all of, all, and man, she had the top clientele coming there. And she called me. She said, 
called me Billy. I was her Billy boy, my daddy's only sister. She said, Billy boy, would you come out here to the Melody Lounge and just sing, He's Got the Whole World in His Hands. <laughs> my, my friends are all here. And I, and I said, okay, Aunt Audrey, I'll come. And so I zipped on out there, and my mother went with me. And she, they had a piano there in that little bar. And we sang, he's got the whole world in his hands. You know that one. And uh, man, the crowd just went crazy. It's like the applause was, sing another one. Well, I didn't know anything else but <laughs> gospel music. So we're singing songs. Uh, I'm some glad morning when this life is over. I'll fly away, plumb away. <laughs> So, you know, I did a whole set there for a while, and they had a thing she brought up that I'd never seen before. If you've ever had to make your living in a bar, you'll know what this is. It's a kitty. Yeah. And, and it's a big old, like, uh, flower vase or a bucket or something. And on it, she drew the picture of a little kitty and put the word kitty and taped it on this paper thing on this bucket. And it was for donations. To, for, if you like Bill's singing, come and put a donation. He's trying to go to college. Well, all those people started putting money in that thing, and it, it was like crazy. I went home with like $200, oh, and wow. my dad only made 50 a week. Yeah. That was four. The light bulb went off. Like, hey, there's uh, something like, here. Hey, this is good, man. And she said, well, Billy, why don't you? It was summertime. You know, I just graduated high school. Why don't you come out and sing for me on a nightly basis, and we'll put your kitty up there. Well, all right. Mama's <laughs> saying, yeah, man, let's do it. Well, we did that. Man, we started packing that joint. I think it probably held 100 people, you know. They had a, a bar area, and then they had the table area and all of that. And it got to where people were waiting in line. The cars were parked up, and we we were, like, unused to that. You know, at church, you, you thank everybody for coming tonight. <laughs> at that at the Melody Lounge, was like, can you all wait and not come every night and just let the other <laughs> folks come in? It's like, it was we just built so the church gets wind of it. The deacons called my dad in. They said, Reverend Nash, your son's out there in that, you know, that hellhole, that bar. He's singing, and they're serving beer. <laughs> Dad said, well, he's trying to wait, make his way through college, and, you know, y'all weren't interested in helping he tried. him do it. Well, we, you know, be that as it may, if you don't get your son out of that bar and your wife is playing piano for him, what? <laughs> You're, we're going to ask you to leave the church. My dad said, I'm supporting my son no matter yeah. what happens. I'm going to cry now. Yeah. And I said, when he walked in there after all that meeting, he was so devastated because they not only stripped him of his pastorship, but that was his livelihood. Wow. And that, so we had no way to make a living there for a minute. And yet, that old kitty, <laughs> lean on kitty. Do I, do I, do I, city? <laughs> tell me about the boy from New, wait, New York City in the kitty. I've messed it all I, up. I can't tell. It sounds good to me. <laughs> well, anyway, you guys, uh, the, the thing went so well. And, I mean, I saved up money to go to my first semester at U of H and all summer. And then I'd come back in the, in the uh, between semesters and I would sing. We'd pack the joint out again. And, it was just really a great time. And that's where I learned all my country songs. The waitresses took me under their wing. So uh, the gals, uh, I got a blue spiral notebook. And uh, I wanted to sing those Johnny Cash songs, I Walk the Line, you know. So they, they'd write the words out for me and teach me the tune. I keep a close watch on this heart of mine. And I'm just playing chords because I wasn't very good on the guitar. I was just learning at that time. 
Go ahead. I was going to say, how'd that lead you into the songwriting? I really want yeah, to that Yeah, that's exactly part. what I, I wanted to... Well, uh... Because you wrote some songs for some pretty big names. I did, Name, name yeah. a few of those. <laughs> well, the biggest one on my wall, I say the biggest, it, it, time frames change. You know, when, uh, when I first met Eddie Arnold, he was the biggest singer right. in country music in, in the world. And they asked him to run to be governor of Tennessee. He was so popular. And yet, you know, here comes along... Uh, well, now, Eddie Arnold cut two of my songs, one on each different RCA album. Then here comes Reba McIntyre that after I married now to Kim, she and I co-wrote this song with a guy named Freddie Weller from Paul Revere and the Raiders. Do you remember that group okay. at all from the 60s? Yeah. I don't oh, remember. Yeah. yeah, well, you're way too young. <laughs> you're way too young. But um, we, we wrote uh, her song. And there's a lot of things you do if you want to talk about the songwriting for a second. There's things you learn as you go. Now, there's a, a line that says, and all the walls. And if I didn't want to blow your mic out, I would, I would give, it the, give the whole load there. But we wrote it on purpose. We've, we learned how to write and put that right note where her voice, her right sound would ring that note. And that's what comes through the radio and just hits you right here. Yeah, I've, and, I've had the pleasure of talking to a few songwriters, and some of them approach it from a lyrical standpoint first. Others kind of musically, like what it sounds like you're doing, you're trying to hit this powerful note yeah. to grab them. So it sounds like you're a blend of both of those, music and the, the well, lyrics. Well, I've, I've had my moments in writing that the waltz that I wrote for, that Eddie Arnold cut, I wrote in five minutes. But I was used to writing like that, writing down, you know, Tra trailing down the highway and On napkin right, yeah, or yeah the paper. Napkin. we wrote right. well well they asked about you as the name of the, the reba mcintyre hit and you can still google it on our website bk nash for bill kim nash bknash.com uh if you go to the media page and click on that or video i'm not sure which one it is bknash.com bknash.com you'll see a uh, 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 reba singing our song in a big uh venue somewhere places packed and she comes out, and you know what she said, guys? She said, and this is one of my favorite songs. And she sang our song. I went, wow. thank you, Jesus. I appreciate <laughs> the favor that he gave us with her. So, you know, you just, what, what happened was on my, when I would travel and take my band, and we were doing some kind of tour things, going, we worked mostly hotels that had showrooms. And when I would need a new song that I wanted, now I couldn't find the one that's already written and cut, with the same tempo and the same words that it's want to say, I started trying to write, and that's how it was. And so I when you just that, didn't cut it, like I got to fix this, no, I can fix this. Well, it you write stuff down and not realize your own self. If you you know, and this is some neophyte writer uh, advice, is that just because you can rhyme doesn't mean that it's good. <laughs> it just means <laughs> that's you, right. It only means you can rhyme. So you got to get into the heart. My wife is a deep thinker. Those words, like we came up on the Reba thing, uh, you, uh, I, I, I don't know where we so are. So you, on time, you and Kim wrote, <clears throat> and this was, so y'all did quite a few songs together. Yeah, moving. Was she with forward. you in the early days? She never was the early days. I'm 16 years older than my wife. Okay. And uh, I want to just make a comment. If if you're listening, Kim, you stepped up in the world <laughs> when you met her. I mean, you know what? God sent her to me, just like Cindy to you. That's you know, right. You know, a that's good right. woman. They say that about it, but I found out that's really the real thing. Without Kim, I wouldn't have those great songs. And plus, I was already coming She's an to the inspiration point where, for you. Man, I was 35 and she was 19. Her dad wasn't thrilled, but her mama liked me. So that's how <laughs> so I got it. It worked in. out. It worked out, but she liked me. So 
How many number one songs have you? Well, Reba's the closest to it, uh, actually. She was number five on okay. the single chart, but number one on the album. Okay. So the album went number one in six weeks, and that's the biggest we've had. The other songs have been, uh, well, even the closest, uh, as far well, my own personal career, when I sang, you know, the Chris Christopherson story. Mm -hmm. So Chris was the janitor at Columbia Studios when I met him, and he, he had written a song called For the Good Times. And couldn't get anybody to cut it. And he was he was he was a janitor at Columbia Studios to stay alive and living in a, a condemned building. And I didn't even know all this when they introduced me to him. <clears throat> but I loved the song and I liked the lines that came in. And uh, there, there's no need to watch the bridges that were burning. I mean, that's like an oxymoron almost. It's like no need to watch. But you get these burning bridges things about don't, let's don't burn any bridges and all that. But he had a positive take on a negative thing. And it just sit goosebumps down my spine. And I said, Chris, I love it, man. I want to cut it. And his reaction, the great Shakespeare of country music now, you're kidding. Really? You want to <laughs> cut my song? And I said, yeah, tomorrow we're going to cut it at Columbia Studios right across the street from 16th Avenue. Christopherson's song. Chris Christopherson. He said, can I come to the session? Do <laughs> you imagine how many sessions he he would have had to have gone to now? With a, yeah, no did kidding. you know that song's been recorded over 200 and something times? And I did it that day. And here's what happened. It was, it was in the 30s in the charts. It was heading up, had a pick to hit. Every single I've ever released has had a pick to hit. And for some reason or another, the business side of it, with not enough money from the label to promote it and this, there's so much politics in it. But there's a line in For the Good Times that says, Hold your warm and tender body close to mine. And in country music, I don't even in pop music, nobody ever really talked about the body. And in those days, in 67, we still had some self-righteous people out the there. That back then. You can't yeah. talk about the body. Well, why not? We have a spirit living in this body. And they took my song off the, the, the deal, and Mercury Records pulled it back. But the next next session I went, I said to Chris, I'm finishing the story on Chris. Uh, he would come see me, and we'd go have lunch together, and Jerry Kennedy, my producer, and I, and we'd have a great time. Loved the guy. Still do. And he, and I said, Chris, I need another song from you, man. And he said, well, you know he, how he talks. Chris got that little voice like that. And he said, Bill, I about ruined your career with that first one. Speaking of further good times. I said, no, man. Hey, just I need another one from you. So he said, well, I got to. I got one I, I need to finish. I said, well, what will it take? He said, well, I got to get real drunk to write it. I'm sorry. This is a real <laughs> this story. This is inspiration. Yeah, you man. So uh, I said, well, what will that take? He said, a six-pack of beer. Well, how much is that? Uh, give me three bucks. Well, in those days, you could do it. So I gave him $3. And it was 10 o'clock in the morning on Music Row, 16th Avenue South, across the street from which is what is now Sony. And he walked from there. He didn't have a car. <laughs> to downtown where Tootsie's and the Opry are and Second Avenue and all those things go on. And he sat there in the alley, sat on the cement, and finished this song. Now, I'm going to sing the first line of it, and you tell me what it is. Okay. Take the ribbon from oh, your head. Shake it loose and let Classic. it fall. He wrote that. Lay it soft upon my skin. Skin. Like the shadows on the wall, come and lay down by my side. Till the early morning light, all I'm taking is your time. Help me make it through the night. That's it. So he wrote that with a help from you with a case yeah. of beer. I'm sorry, Lord. I, in, I, in an alley, on the ground. 
on that's, the ground. Okay. Hey, can uh, I say this? You uh-huh. know what? Uh, and I, I, I'll get I'll get into a whole bag of worms with this. But as I've studied the Bible, even uh, one of the large religions came out with it. It's not a sin to have a drink. The sin is the drunkenness. And right. it, if you allow yourself to overdo, it's like if you don't moderation in all things is what the Lord said. It's because, you know, I'm going to catch flack from the church no matter what I do. And I, I just want all you guys to know you're not going to hell because you had a drink. That's right. But, but please just ask the Lord to keep you from getting drunk because you do yeah. such stupid things. I have. I'm a, you know yourself. <laughs> no, we're, we're brothers in that. Yeah. I've had my head out of the car window looking at making sure I could see the white line to drive home. <laughs> I said, I can't walk. I'm too drunk. I got to drive. So oh, that Lord. was the... <laughs> That was our so, deal, Mr. Right. So, Bill, I've got to hear the story before we close. I know we're getting short on yeah, time. Yeah, we're, we're short on time, but stress, I'd like to wrap it up on. Go ahead. I want, uh, I want to wrap it up on the song. Um, what inspired you to write? In God, prob- in, in God we still trust. Probably one of the most well-known. I think it was it number is. one for a while. Well, patriotic. Uh, when it came out, it was came out on the internet where they they didn't pay you for it and all of that. But it went worldwide. It was uh, what do you call those things that go on the internet? Uh, a viral. A, a viral. It yeah. went viral three times, and even my my songwriting partner in Nashville. That was Diamond Rio that recorded that, right? Diamond Rio cut it on their greatest hits. Uh, it's an RCA <clears throat> recording. The first one. And then when they moved to a Christian label, they went to Word Records, which is a, uh, also a huge uh, major label. They re-recorded it. Now, I don't know if you guys know this, but most contracts say when you leave a label, you cannot re-record those songs for five years. I didn't know that. And all that. It's a con- it's a stipulation. So, but they did. I don't know how they got permission to do it, but they probably did. Those are some great guys. Uh, I just appreciate Diamond Rio so very much. Well, so we're, here's what happened. We were writing for a guy for a. He had a project going, <clears throat> and uh, we were writing the songs for it. And he said, we ought to put something uh, that, that's patriotic in there. So, okay. So he came over to the house one day, and we're sitting. We're kicking around ideas, you know. Uh, what's some of the sayings we have? Um, One nation under God. Oh, that's right. Trying to catch uh, all the cliches. All the cliches. Can... Thank you, Mr. S. That's the, exactly what we were looking for. Well, <clears throat> my wife or one of us said, in God, we look at the dollar bill. It says, in God we trust. And Kim speaks up, my deep thinker. She steeps up, steps up and says, if we put the word still right there, I could write that. In God we still trust. And we all want that that you get. There right. it is. Man, yeah. see, what, is. So I'm going to tell you what. I'm going to give the credit to the real person, and that's my wife. And I'm not just saying that. To, for brownie points for my wife, I'm going to tell you, without her, without her brains and her ability, the songwriting ability God gives her, she wrestles an idea all the way to the ground. Well, I get the inspiration, da 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 and I bring it in, and she and I wrestle it to the ground. Kim would be playing, and if you all ever heard her play, it's not she, honey, I love your playing, although, you know, it is loud. That's the whole thing to say about <laughs> your playing. That's the, that's the best compliment I have for it. Bum, ba bum, you know, in God we still trust. And she would, she she wrote, I, I've got a, a few words in it. Or maybe, I, I just don't remember which ones of mine. I kept, I remember the word brave. And it so far, it was the number one requested song on military radio the, for the last three years. The number one song. And it's right there with God Bless the USA. And uh, it's, get, it's still, anytime they do the veterans thing, 
they've flown us all over the place to do that song because even though the numbers on Billboard don't reflect what it's done to the general population, they, so many people already know the song. Right. And when I sang yesterday at a deal for uh, the Exchange Clubs of America, God bless Exchange, they had a big function for all of our police officers from every different burg, and they gave them awards for some fantastic thing they had done or saved a life or whatever it was. And their request, please finish this out with In God We Still Trust. I love, I love it. it. I, I still it. do. I still sing I'm it. I'm glad you mentioned that one term. I that's, should that's sing it at your next boxing thing. You know, I want to <laughs> wrap this session up with that. We still need to trust in God. Uh, in God, we still trust. I love that saying yeah. right there. To, to wrap it up, what piece of advice would you give some listener that wants to make it in the, in the music in the music business? Yeah. What would you say well, to that one it, person? Well, it, it can be a hard road to hoe if you're just trying to be a star. But if you'll look at music like something that will enhance your 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 business, your, your uh, relationship with people around you, music is the universal language. And if you really have it, I mean, you need to get somebody to listen to you to see where you are and get professional teachers is the best. Although these family groups, they, you know, they teach their kids from when they're, when they're just little kids how to play. But um, I would say to do your best to get the best teaching you can. If you can't afford it, just at least figure out a way to get a guitar. And, or a piano. That's harder. Keyboard. Yeah, Keyboard's a little cheaper. You can do that. Yeah. Well, they are now. The electrics are yeah, a lot easier, too. The, and uh, just practice. It's practice. How much would you have stressed that for a over boxer? And over Get and over. out there every day and hit it. And, and remember, there's two words in show business. There's show and there's business. So when you get told by some, hey, baby, I'm going to make you a star sign here. Lawyer, contract read fine print the big print don't get giveth, smooth talked into things no smooth talk big print giveth small print taketh away and yeah. so i just but work the main thing is don't be hung up when you first start on how much they're going to pay you you they're you're paying the them yeah. yes but you're paying yourself more because you're going to learn something and people will come up to you and they they for a long long time they would say can i give you a critique and the last time after I'd been in it for years, can I give you a critique? The last guy said, no, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> I don't need any more. And I walked Mr. away. Mr. S., we've heard another great story today. And we've uh, there's been a lot of ups and downs in his life. And there's been a lot of things. But one of the things that uh, that you've done is you had persistence. We talk about persistence. persistence. And persistence pays off. So if you're out there, be persistent. Don't ever don't quit. And uh, and, we'll, after it. and we'll close it with this. We'll do our regular yeah, I, thing. I, I like his talent like with people trying to smooth talk you into deals on the business side. Yeah. Keep your guard up on that. You got to keep your guard up. <laughs> see, you, see you guys later. All right.